the best candidates are actually the passive ones that are not looking for a job. There is nothing more satisfying as a recruiter to select somebody and capture them and they weren't looking for a job and all of a sudden you've changed their life. When that process happens and they say thank you, it's really rewarding. Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby, and I'm super excited to be joined today by Natasha Makajani. Natasha is the CEO of Oliver Sanderson Group, and she's also the co-founder of SnapCV, which is a mobile job app and video platform. Oliver Sanderson are an executive search and selection business looking after both temporary and interim assignments for FTSE 100 and FTSE 250 clients. Prior to launching Oliver Sanderson, Natasha was a top biller both at Hayes and Michael Page. This is Natasha's second time on the show, and I invited her back because our previous conversation was one of the top, not was, is one of my top 10 most downloaded episodes of all time. That was episode 30 which was called How to Open Doors and Build Relationships at Sea Level. And that was back in June 2020, coming up for, gosh, almost two years ago. So be sure to check that out. Natasha, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Mark. And it's great to be back and to connect with you again. Absolutely. Like, uh, how, well, first of all, how are you today? Yeah, fine. The weather's a bit rainy outside, but we're smiling in here. So all good, oh, all, all, po- all positive. Absolutely. Well, rain is nothing unusual here in the UK. Um, I'm sort of buzzing, actually, because last night I went to my first sort of networking social event for like since the pandemic started. Um, I was invited by Abed Hamid, the group CEO of Recruitment, Recruitment Entrepreneur, to meet their team for a drink. They were at Melville Castle in Edinburgh. For They have like a quarterly CEO forum where they bring all their founders together, the, the people they've invested in. And I, so I got to meet Abid. I got to meet Doug Bugey, and both of whom I've only ever spoken to on Zoom. So it was so amazing to actually be able to shake people's hand and like stand in close proximity. Um, have you started like going out and you know, meeting up with clients and candidates and, and so on yeah. Uh, lately? Yeah, absolutely. In the last two months, been meeting clients and candidates and having client lunches at Home House in Portman Square, uh, getting back to our private members clubs and just going on client sites. So um, we're picking and still picking and choosing who, but we are out and about and being active. And you mentioned Abid. Yeah. Abid, I believe, actually works with James Khan and they help invest in recruitment founders. Um, so I have met Abid before. A very, very great character and very interesting guy. He's yeah, he's awesome. Oh, that's cool that you that you've met him. When when was this? Um, a couple of years ago, before COVID, um, okay. because they invest yeah. in businesses like mine, and I've known James yes. Khan now for about t- 13, 14 years. So hence, oh, wow. hence I approached them um, at the time, and they were sort of looking at my business as one something at the time. When you do, when you grow, when you start, you look at all different aspects. Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about scaling and 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 funding today because I'm really excited to hear like the exciting developments at Oliver Sanderson since uh, we last caught up properly. Um, one of which is, tell me about the Queen's Jubilee and, and the Oliver Sanderson connection there. 
So, obviously, as you're aware, this year is the Queen's Jubilee pageant, 70 years, um, the only monarch in the world to have reached 70 years, which is really exciting. And um, they've approached, so St. James's House, the publishing house, who are the official providers of the Royal Commemorative uh, album and the book, which is going to have all the um, official information about the Queen's Jubilee. Um, and it will go down in history as a, as a book that's put in the British Library and all the high commissions um, and around the world, sold around the world. They approach about 70 companies in the UK um, and those companies represent uh, British Royal Society and uphold the values of diversity and the Queen and what British society stands for. So they've picked companies from different walks of life. So you do have your big Sotheby's and Burberry in there. Um, so you have the bigger brands, Marks and Spencer, so the big traditional British brands. And then they've picked a few smaller brands that they believe represent British society from different backgrounds. And that's where Oliver Sanderson was chosen. And so we were really, really excited and um, honoured, actually, to be approached um, as a small business that, you know, we're going to another level, but they felt that we were worthy of being in the book. So where the book is actually being launched in May and um, we, it goes live, but the press release goes live next week. So we are being featured in the book. They're writing an article on Oliver Sanson and Snap, what we've done with digital and recruitment um, and you know, an executive search and how we're expanding the business and featuring our journey and our story. Um, plus, we get to be part of the Jubilee weekend. So um, we are attending at Claridge's. Um, so it's very, very exciting. And um, hopefully we wow. meet, you know, and then you've got the royal authors that are writing the book. So it's a, it's a really great space to be in. And especially because there are no other search firms um, that have actually been recognized in that space. So we will apparently go down in history in an exciting place. Wow, that's quite incredible. So will you get to meet the Queen? Um, I'm not sure if we'll actually get to meet the Queen. I know we are going to meet some members of the royal family, so I know that some some of them will be there. Um, but um, but we are being um, interviewed by the royal authors and being featured in the book. So it's all still a bit of a surprise because it's still hard to tell what's actually going to happen. Yeah. We've just done the interview a couple of weeks ago. They're just finalising it. Uh, the press release goes out next week. Um, so it's still all quite new. Um, but we're officially allowed to say that we're working with the... Uh, you know the, the palace um so as of next week on social media this will all go live um and over the next three months you know we'll be doing more work with them and talking to them that is amazing how did they hear about oliver sanderson like how did this come about do you think so i believe oliver sanderson over the last couple of years has been recognized for a few awards so like the ceo today magazine global recruiter okay. uh, global recruiter awards um we've been in quite a few awards and we've had a lot of articles written on us and i believe what they do is um from the work that we've done with the number of the FTSE 100, FTSE 250, Fortune 500 clients as well, um, I believe perhaps some of my podcast interviews, a combination of the work we've achieved, some of the things that we've done around diversity and inclusion, uh, the charity that I'm about to launch. Um, so I think it's a combination of, A, the work that we do around executive search in interim and perm. B, I'd say it's a combination of um, the global presence we have with the clients that we work with. And then I'd say C, over the last sort of three, four years, we have been out in the market space with a number of uh, magazine articles. We've been recognized in the IHR awards. We've been recognized in the CEO Global Today magazine awards. Um, we've also been re recognized as recruitment leader of the year, uh, a recruitment entrepreneur of the year for the Global Recruiter Awards. So I'd say 
because we've been in a number of awards as well, um, they've done research on different people. And I guess there are not many female CEOs, exec search business owners. I think that makes me stand out. And then perhaps also the digital piece, because we've brought digital with executive search um, and obviously we're going out on the digital space and because we've been doing stuff like for example we did the mayor of london london ed tech as well uh, tech invest which i'll tell you about a bit later um for snap cv um and we were we were launched in there so i think it's a combination of all of those things that has made us um recognizable to british society um but yeah it's exciting and it's an honor that's amazing. Natasha, you seem to be like a magnet for publicity. I um, I don't know if I told you this. So by the way, for our listeners, in case you're, you don't know this, I do have a YouTube channel. I don't really do much with it, but we publish all our podcast episodes on YouTube as well. And most people just listen to the podcast like on you know Spotify or Apple or you know those are probably the main places people hear the show. But, and so the consequently, and we've not really promoted YouTube. So like most episodes get like 10, 20, 50 uh, people listening. If I look at like how many views it's had and your interview has had 3,200. Uh, so it's not even on the same, it's like a hundred times more than anything else. I don't know what is going on here, but uh, it's really funny. Um so uh, tell me about what's been going on at Oliver Sanderson since we last caught up in the last, I don't know, 20 months or so. So obviously we went through the pandemic and Oliver Sanderson yeah. at the time was trying to find his feet through the pandemic um, and we managed to. So on the executive search side, we've gone from strength to strength. So, you know, board level, CEO, CIO, CTO, CHRO, we filled a number of executive roles, directors of diversity, heads of diversity. So on the exec search side, that's what kept us afloat during COVID, which um, has been really positive. Um, our interim's business did take a bit of a hit. Um, and we at the time were called Oliver Sanderson Interim Executive. Um, so, you know, um, and... What happened then, uh, we rebranded. So we, what we decided to do was take a bit of a sort of a relook at the business. And so we restructured slightly and we actually launched um, a new brand within the Oliver Sanson Group called JustInTrims.com. Um, so we rebranded our Intrims business and we specialize in three areas now. So on the exec search side, we still specialize in vertical fun functions cross from all board level and senior leadership uh, for the FTSE 100, FTSE 250 and Fortune 500 um, and PE backed businesses. But on the interim space, we specialize in three areas and it's called justintrims.com. Um, so it's a division within Oliver Sanderson and we specialize in interim board practice, which tallies our executive search side. We specialize in HR and HR transformation. So all interim roles within HR, so L&D, talent, reward, learning and, um, learning and development. And then we um, also specialize in interim business change, so business change and transformation. So three areas. And what I've done is I've now got a full resourcing and executive search team that delivers. So we've got a full delivery team that work with um, a lady called Jane and Madison. And Jane is our head of compliance operations, um, but she does executive search as well. She's an ex-HR director and she joined me about eight months ago to lead in that space with a lady called Madison, who is one of our senior delivery managers. And we have a team of 10 working with our research mapping team of 15 that deliver all of our executive search assignments. So I still oversee the executive search side 
and I still make sure that the assignments are delivered to the levels that we need. But I have a really solid team now that are able to take from when we open the door and I close the proposal to uh, understanding the client needs, delivering in that space, um, end-to-end search, headhunt, mapping, and delivery of the assignment. And on the interim space, um, I'm actually working with my mentor at the moment, who has grown a recruitment business up to 100 million plus, and um, he's actually helping me guide me to grow the contracts business. So I've actually been focusing on growing the contracts business over the last um, year, and we're going from strength to strength, and we're placing day rate contractors between 600 to about 3,000 a day, um, inside and outside of IR35. So we use an insurance-backed solution where Jane and the compliance team will work together to make sure that if they're outside, they're assessed correctly. Um, and then we were insured for up to 100,000 each side, um, that if the HMRC come after you, you've got um, insurance-backed solution. We won't do anything that is untoward. We need to make sure everything's safe and secure for our candidates, our clients, and for us. And then on the other side with Oliver Sanderson, um, we also place interims within our side IR35 under three accredited umbrellas. So the interim business is picking up going strength to strength. And then, so that's been really exciting. And I'd say the next two years are going to be really, really exciting about how we scale the interim business within within the UK. But also in December, um, we're looking at launching in January 2023 in the US. So that's going to be a you know, the, the plans of what we're looking for. And then on the Oliver Sanderson side, um, we also have gone into the digital space. So one, we've launched our Oliver Sanderson executive app, which we use for headhunting and mapping. So we use it both for executive search, but also for interim search. So the Oliver Sanderson exec app is only sent out to candidates that are a potential. So once we've worked out, are you a potential candidate? Do we want to talk to you? We send you a link. You literally just click on it, fill in one, you literally sign an NDA, read a little information, sign an NDA, e-sign it, then it takes you through straight to a video tool where you get to watch the client or the recruiter talk about the vacancy and then you get to book a spot with them to have a discussion further if you're interested in the role. So we're able to engage with um, our candidates in a more sophisticated manner because we own our own Oliver Sanson executive app. So that's kind of what we've done in the Oliver Sanson group side of things in Oliver Sanson group PLC. And then on the other side, um, we've really, really gone strong on the digital bringing uh, Snap CV, digital convergence with technology. So bringing recruitment and technology together um, to offer something different for our clients. And Snap, I think, obviously, is something we're going to really talk about today. Um, but it's been really exciting the last 18 months. We've not only developed the product, it's not only market viable, we've sold it to a number of clients. We've got, an, you know, we've actually been up for quite a few awards in this space now. Um, so two years on, we are, you know, launching in India. Uh, we're launching in the US. It's it's very exciting. It's in a different space to where it was two years ago. So I can tell you more about that. <laughs> You've been a busy woman. That is, uh, I don't even know how that, all that is possible. That's kind of mind blowing. Would you like to make the transition from pure contingency to being a retained recruiter? Do you want to be respected? as a true business partner by your clients while increasing your average fee? If so, then clearly you need to do something different. You can't just keep doing what you're doing and expect a different result. Our sponsor, iIntro, gives you a turnkey solution for winning retained searches and managed service agreements at higher fees. You will take business away from your competitors because you can actually show the client 
a unique methodology in a very tangible way and demonstrate conclusively how you will improve their staff retention and reduce their total cost per hire while also saving hours of management time. If you'd like to see how iIntro can help you to grow your recruitment business and increase your average fees, just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained. Book a free consultation. There's no obligation. And if you mention that you listen to this podcast, iIntro have pledged to offer you a 25% discount on any of their services. Just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained to get started. Natasha, you're really good at branding and at um, promotion and the way you describe that and the way you've structured things and you have these different brands under the Oliver Sanderson group and these different digital, you know, apps and stuff is really cool. Um, can we can we just sort of go back to this whole period of 20 months through the pandemic and, and post uh, post pandemic, if we if we can say that yet? Um because I'm sure it wasn't kind of easy or straightforward. Could you share, like, what were some of the setbacks or real challenges and how did you deal with those? So I'd say to you the setbacks were before the pandemic, um, our interim business was going from strength to strength. And we really could see we had a forecast um, of a plan that was supposed to go to another level. And I'd say the pandemic uh probably set us back about nine or 10 months in the contracts business. Um, so that was number one, financially, you know, every business took a bit of a turn. And then we had to reassess um, what did the team look like? What does the business look like? And also emotionally, how do I manage the team? So um, because, you know, we'd gone from being sort of a couple of days in the office a week to completely working remotely not seeing each other for nearly a year. Um, obviously, some of my staff, from an emotional and a mental health point of view, you know, making them feel, you know, bring it, looking at an inclusive culture, making sure that they felt emotionally strong, they were still happy and productive, um, enjoying what they do, but also making sure we could survive through the pandemic. I think it's a combination of all of those things. And I don't think we're the only people that face this. I think a number of um businesses and I think in all walks of life have gone through similar scenarios. So I think number one was to look at how are we best going to deal with the pandemic? What do we need to do? So the first few months, it was literally just finding your feet, uh, making sure that we were delivering, making sure that the num we were still hitting the numbers so that we would survive. So we're, we'll be there to see the tale and be able to tell the story as we are today, two years on, of, you know, moving on from the pandemic and survive. Number two was to make sure that our staff were engaged, uh, were still productive to deliver, but actually emotionally that they were on the right level. And so things like from a employee engagement point of view was literally spending time with them to say what is it you want what is it that we can do to build the right culture for you so one on zoom celebrating all of their birthdays celebrating christmas uh quiz nights um sending them out hampers and cooking food together um doing team things like that uh, comedy acts so hiring people to come in and do comedy acts on zoom uh, then for example giving them uh, so, for example, we'd all have lunch together. So we'd send them out sort of 30 pounds each so that they could order their food. And we'd all we'll all have food together on Zoom and have a three hour sort of discussion and session of just chatting and catching up and having some wine and some drinks and some food. So it's things like that that really kept us going. Then what we did is we set up um, 
Zoom classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays where they could actually come in and exercise with a trainer in the mornings at 7 a.m. So it was up to them. Um, and then looking at things like dance classes again on Zoom. So we did a lot of things to try and keep them engaged as best possible. And then when it was safe, um, what they would do is send them all for a PCR test. They weren't allowed to go anywhere for 24 hours. And then we would meet up because we know it was safe. So we'd actually pay for them to all do full on PCR tests and then try and, you know, ask them not to go anywhere for just 24 hours, make sure they're safe so that we could be together as a team. And then we'd book private venues where we could actually spend time together um, so that we could, uh, when it was, when we were allowed to do that, then we were allowed to come together. And so, so we've met each other, but in more controlled environments, if that makes sense, but, and very occasionally. Um, so it's things like that to keep them going. But from a business perspective, it was just really realigning. Before you go on, sorry. Before you um, say any more, Natasha, first of all, I just want to say I've asked lots of uh, CEOs that question, like, how did you manage the pandemic? How did you deal with employee engagement? That was the most comprehensive answer I've ever heard from any CEO, that you guys really were on top of that and doing, it sounds, everything that is conceivably possible to um, support your staff and help make sure people were productive and, and happy during that whole experience. So congrats on that. That sounds incredible. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I interrupted you. You were about to say, like, from a financial point of view, uh, how did you manage it? So financially, we just had to um, make a lot of cutbacks in certain spaces. Um, obviously, we had to make sure our overhead. So what we did, I sat with my finance um director, I sat with my NEDs and we looked at what does the business structure look like? What do the costs and the overheads look like? Where can we scale back? Um, so that's the kind of things that we did. We, we, we basically became smart on the finances. And I'd say to you, look, we're not, nobody's fully out of the woods. We are coming out of the woods, um, mm -hmm. but in the right, in the right way. But the market's really picked up and is so buoyant now that it's a really exciting place to be in. Yes. Uh, we're, we're all back in the right place, but we just had to be careful for a, a period of time. That was all. Fantastic. So you've launched just in terms, uh, there's so many directions we could go. I feel like there's probably two two more podcasts worth here, Natasha. So you might just need to become a regular uh, guest. Uh, so just in terms, tell me about you, you sort of really quickly skimmed over the structure of your team. So it sounds like you're still the kind of rainmaker. You like bring in the deals and then you've got this whole delivery team backing you up to make sure that the, the clients get, you know, the, the delivery. Um, but you mentioned a team of 10, but you also mentioned a research mapping team of 15. Could you clarify that for me? Yes. So basically, I've had a research mapping team now for over 15, over 10 years since I've been running the business. And basically, they are a sister company that have been working with me for a number of years. Um, so they actually have shares in Oliver Sanderson. Um, and so they've got over sort of 20 years experience in search and mapping. So they work with us on executive search assignments. So they will deliver in that space. They're all UK based up in the Midlands. And basically, um, they, because we're looking to grow and exit and sell the business, what I did is I joined, they, they've kind of joined into the business and I've given them shares in the business to, to help grow the, to grow the business, taking it forward. But on the other side, we've got a solid team of 10 that deliver on the delivery side for the search side of the business, um, which is absolutely um, positive. And they sit under Madison and Jane, as I mentioned. Wow. So the research mapping 
is that so it's a separate business but with uh links you they they're part owners of oliver sanderson so yeah so what happened is uh, you have two choices you can either recruit a whole mapping team and bring them in-house or you can just find a business and this is one of the solutions i'd say if you're trying to grow and evolve is actually find a business that you trust um and actually give them shares in the business and help that then they come on the journey with you to grow so what i did is i've done a jv with an organization which actually they own shares in oliver sanderson so when we exit and sell they will benefit too. So they're, they're part owners of the business. That's clever. I like it. So are, do they exclusively work for you or do they do this service for other recruitment businesses as well? Um, they, we have dedicated search people in that business that are dedicated to Oliver Sanderson. So hence um, the owner of the business, you know, they dedicate a certain number of people to us um, every month and it works really, really well. Um, and as we grow, I mean, I, you know, the way I look at it is rather than, uh, bringing in-house researchers, I will keep that model going forward. What we're now doing is we're actually looking to expand the Oliver Sanson team um, and bring on some 360s, some 280s, and scaling up the business UK and US uh, for the business, um, which you know we can go into a bit more detail. But we are looking to scale, um, and so that's you know um, what, what we're looking to do. Okay, and do, are you able to say who your research mapping company is, or is that top secret? Unfortunately, um, because they're part of the business, that's not something that we disclose. So, um, because they do come under okay. our banner, because they own shares in the business, so they are owned by Oliver Sanson in, in in essence. So, it's not something I can disclose at this stage, I'm afraid. Okay, and um, you mentioned 360. Obviously, we know what that means. It's a full desk recruiter. What? And you said 280. I don't know if that, that is more. If we're if we're doing this in 90 degrees, I guess that's too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's a 280? What, okay. What's your vision of how that works? So, so I believe there's three types of recruiters, and then, and interestingly enough, Appsco yesterday, I'm. Uh, uh, chair for the HR sector group and this is the discussion we were exactly having how do you attract HR recruiters and what is the difference between the types of recruiters at the moment this is a really interesting discussion we had yeah. just just yesterday with a bunch of people so what what we found is that there's three sets of recruiters you've got the 360 which is the traditional form which a number of people are saying that is that a flawed approach to recruitment now and do we need to open this up um, or does it still exist and I you know and we'll go into whether that exists or not and I, I still believe it does but there are different mm -hmm. forms of recruitment now yeah then you then you've got the 280 <laughs> which I believe is more like the client account manager that pretty much um, okay. you know and then I think you've got the 180 so my my definition of the three differences yeah. 360 is somebody who does business development delivers the roles end-to-end -end, uh, the whole process you know jobs clients candidates as we traditionally have been trained then I think the 280 is the client account manager that comes in that takes warm relationships that you've opened doors with and doubles those relationships so if you have a client like British Airways for example you know, you've built X, we want to get to Y and Z, how do we do that? So that client account manager develops that relationship, takes it further, and then makes sure that then they deliver, they headhunt, they map, and they work with the research team to deliver those assignments and make sure they're delivered. So that's somebody who's taking your warm relationships and is more like a relationship manager, but also fills and does all that resourcing piece as well. And then the 180 is your pure, pure delivery person. So some people call them resourcing advisors, some people call them delivery managers or delivery consultants. Um, so I think there's three more like an RPO model. So there are three types of 
how do we build a recruitment business and what is the best approach? And I think I got a lot of that also from the US, which Mark, I'm sure you're aware of. And um, in the US, they have your recruiter and then they have the business development person that opens up the door. So you have that sort of model. And I think a number of UK businesses and European recruitment businesses are now adopting different types of models dependent upon how they look. So, so it's quite interesting. Fantastic. I agree 100% with you. I think you can actually have a hybrid. You don't have to choose, you know, just are we 360 or are we 180? You can have a hybrid model where, because different people are better suited to different, you know, roles within the recruitment business, right? But I'm just one, like, this is maybe pedantic, but shouldn't it be a 270 recruiter if we're thinking of 90 degrees? Uh, of a circle, three times ninety. Yeah, probably. I just—it was just one of those things. That it was—it wasn't like I didn't plan it or anything. It was just <laughs> looking at how would we do that. So yeah, you're you're probably right. So um, so yeah, we could call it two seventy. Makes no difference. It's just the concept. Let's go two seventy. Yeah. So I understand the concept. Yes, brilliant. So um, it's interesting because we actually have a client in the U.S. who has divided it into. 90 degree, like, so they have one person who's pure new business. They have the next person who is just candidate sourcing. They don't do the, like, uh, outreach and the interviewing and, you know, uh, screening and stuff. So then they have a third person who is the candidate, you know, uh, recruiter who actually engages with the candidate, uh, sells the job, you know, uh, qualifies them for the opportunity and presents them internally. And then they've got the account manager who uh, then manages the, the overall process, interfaces with the client and so on. And they've built this like assembly line and they're just cranking like crazy. It's working really well for them. But at the same time, we still have like really fast growing companies that are super successful that are still using the 360 model. So I don't, I've heard people in the market um, saying, oh, 360 is dead and this is the new way. And I just don't think it's as black and white as that. I think there's so many different combinations or permutations that can work. And it's about finding what is the most effective for your business. But um, we went kind of for tangent, but that's a really interesting that you were discussing that at APSCO. APSCO, by the way, for those listeners who are outside the UK, is Association of Professional Staffing Companies run by Anne Swain, who's been on the show before. Um, so that's really cool. What what do you do with APSCO? So I'm one of the, uh, I'm a co-chair with a guy called Nick Croucher from Fraser Jones and uh, for the HR sector group, because HR is one of our main specialisms. So in the pandemic, yes. this is another great thing that I got involved with since I spoke to you in 2020. Um, they asked me to become a co-chair of uh, the HR sector group and launch it. So me and Nick have been doing that now for just over a year um, and every quarter we uh, bring a whole HR community together of HR recruiters um, and business owners, and we discuss issues in that space. Um, and it's been really exciting. So we did one on diversity. Uh, yesterday, it was how to attract HR recruiters um, into the industry um, and looking at reward and recognition. So it was a really exciting um, space to be in. So yesterday's conversation was really interesting. So um, yeah, I've, I've got involved in that space. Um, and it's been really rewarding and really positive. Amazing, amazing. Um, the other thing which you mentioned just very quickly and, and kind of we skimmed over is the diversity piece. What are you guys doing uh, to help your clients 
with diversity and inclusion um, because that's becoming more and more important, especially the comp- the sort of size of companies you're dealing with, the FTSE 100, Fortune 500, they're, they really are um, taking this seriously. And it's almost like if you don't have an offering that is compatible with that, you're just not going to be able to do business with those companies. What's your uh, strategy there? So there's two things we're doing within diversity. Um, so talk about the strategy first uh, to talk about how we deliver for clients. And then I'll tell you what we're doing on a personal note as a business to help launch something in diversity that's a bit different. So <clears throat> first of all, um, when you're attracting the right people, um, it is a combination of being innovative and making sure that you're, you go the extra mile uh, to find the best candidates for the jobs. Um, so when we're looking at emerging talent and people from underrepresented communities, we look at more diverse shortlists. So we produce more diverse shortlists um, with better candidates. We look at our con- candidate identification process. And we make sure it's designed to ensure a diverse and inclusive shortlist for every assignment that we look at. Um, we take a number of steps to achieve this, and this is including outreach via our Um, in-house digital job boards and apps, target mapping and research, blind shortlisting that we deliver and industry networking programs and initiatives that we lead on. So right from the get-go, we agree with the client, what is it you want to achieve? We need to make sure it's the best candidate for the job, For the but the process that we go through, we have to make sure that it's we look at it from an inclusive and diverse point of view. So ultimately, it's the best candidate for the job, but it's the process that we go through and the initiatives um, using our own jobs and um, apps and target map- mapping right through to blind shortlisting. And at the end of the assignment, producing a report, a diversity report on what the actual process looked like. So from right from the proposal to the long list to the short list, and then the process and all the steps in between that we've taken to what was the final outcome so that we can really assess and identify what did that process look like. And we then also have regular discussions with the client on a weekly basis while running those assignments to make sure that the diversity element is and the process is continuously being assessed and looked at. Um, then another thing we do is we always make sure we have more than one recruiter Uh, or as we call them, delivery people, actually looking at the assignment to make sure that there is not a bias attached to it. So it's two people's, two to three people that are looking at the assignment to making sure the final shortlist that goes across has covered all angles and all aspects. Fantastic. um, Someone you'd be interested in talking to is Helen McGuire at Diversely.io. Okay. She's been on the show before. Uh, I'll put you in touch with her because she actually has a really interesting um, software platform, which is um, designed to facilitate diverse shortlists, and it's really cool. Um, anyway, I'll I'll introduce you um, via email. <clears throat> so then you mentioned something you're doing as a business as well. Yes. Yeah, so basically, um, for Oliver Sanderson, diversity is diversity and inclusion is the heart of our search process. From shortlisting, consultancy, helping clients create a more inclusive culture to improve representations in these organisations. So basically, what we've done is that we've actually launched um, a charity called Black. Um, so I'm actually working with a number of co-founders, so five emerging talent HR directors who um, 
are uh, from industry, so black females in the industry, and a couple of HR directors from the FTSE 100. And we've launched something called the Black Leadership Advisory Council. And what Black actually is, and our first event is actually in May, our first virtual event, so I will send you an invite to that. And what it is, is addressing three aspects and three angles. It's addressing um, emerging talent, um, but it's looking at it from where does this start? Education, the boardroom, and the HR function. So how are we going to create a difference and how are we going to transform to encourage more black leadership in the boardroom and at senior leadership level? So in those three facets, what we're doing is that our first event goes live on the, I believe it's the 20th of May. Um, and basically we're going to do an, an hour taster session. And then from there, we're going to launch um, what that looks like. The plan is with Black is that we're looking for sponsorship. Um, it is a charity. And from the basis of the work that we're gonna be doing uh, with the HR directors and addressing those issues, we're gonna be working with the FTSE 250 um, and the Fortune 500 in the US. Um, a number of brands have already expressed an interest to take this initiative forward, to really encourage right the get-go from the education side of things where you capture them when they're young right through to capturing them uh you know uh in the, H the hr function when it's emerging talent mm -hmm. right through to um uh, board level uh what does that look like and the five female hr directors we're working with at the moment they are some of them are emerging talent but some of them are actually on the trajectory to become a number one c you know chief people officer in those FTSE businesses so they are very dynamic very passionate women um and being an asian woman myself and being marginalized at some point during my career um i felt that they're the most marginalized society so hence i felt that you know rather than categorizing let's do something a bit different and um and because of uh the network i have the people i've worked with the clients i've worked with i wanted to do something that was slightly special and um so i'm just one of the um sort of help people we're one of oliver sanderson and myself where we're sort of helping launch and we're one of the co-founders um but the you know they're amazing hr directors and uh we're just working with them to sort of see how we can bring about strength to strength because the, these women are very successful at what they do in their, you know, in their careers. Um, but we want to get, you know, I think in the FTSE 100, there's only been two or three black HR directors at number one roles. So how do we change that? How do we initiate that? But it's not just HR, it's right across the boardroom. You know, how do we encourage that? So um, it's going to be an exciting place to be. Um, and it's not going to be an easy journey. And it's going to be a five to seven year journey, if not more, to look at how that impacts and change. Um, because we're, go we're going on it from, uh, from, from start to finish. Beautiful. Wow. Natasha, I feel like I need a time management course from you. I don't know how you fit all of this, uh, all of this stuff in. Before I go to my next question, I'd like to share one of the keys to my success in recruitment and in business. You may have noticed that a lot of the people I interview on this show have a coach. That's not a coincidence. Most high achievers have a coach, including me. I've worked with various coaches over the last 20 years, and it's been a huge factor in my own personal and business growth. Here's why. Sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees, and it really helps to take a step back and look at how you can improve the business and get a fresh outside perspective from someone who's bringing new ideas and insights to the table. Plus, as a business owner, who is holding you accountable and helping you stay on track? So I wanna encourage you, if you're not already working with a coach, get one. It doesn't have to be me. There are plenty of amazing coaches out there. Just find someone who you believe will add measurable value to your business and can help you get to the next level. 
If you do want to explore a coaching relationship with me, then you're welcome to apply for a free 30-minute strategy session at recruitmentcoach.com forward slash breakthrough. This is not a sales call. My number one objective is to help you to get clear on your goals, identify the roadblocks that are holding you back, and create a strategic plan to increase your billings and grow your business. I promise you'll leave our session feeling focused, re-energized, and excited to take your business to the next level. You can apply at www.recruitmentcoach.com forward slash breakthrough. Final thing I'd love to learn more about from you today is this uh, Oliver Sanderson OS Executive app. That sounds absolutely incredible. Um, how? How? And again, you gave us like a one minute overview before. Could you talk about that in a little more detail? Yeah. So basically, we decided that we want to bring digital with executive search and interim, just interim search together. So. Um, one of my co-founders basically uh, said, Let, why don't we design our own app? And because we've also designed our own app with SnapCV, uh, which we're going for funding, we decided that this is probably an exciting uh, place to be. So we actually um, coded and owned, so it's not a white label, it's a full-on designed our own Oliver Sanderson executive app. So what happens is when we go out and map the candidates, um, once we've got a long list of candidates that we think are of interest, at that point, you can either just reach out to them or you could send them a link to an app which allows them to watch a little video. And if they like the sound of it, they sign an NDA, e-sign an NDA, and then it takes them through to another video and a job description, which allows them to actually read about the client very quickly, all in a couple of minutes. And then it allows them to go, oh, this sounds really interesting. So for example, if we're running a confidential assignment for a, a major FTSE, they then get to read about it. They go, wow, this is interesting. And then they get to book a slot with the recruiter or email us. So it's all about managing and being more effective to capture your audience audience in a more seamless and effective way, um, bringing exec search rather than just it being the traditional headhunter. Um, you still have the traditional, we go out and approach you, but it's just uh, becoming alive a bit quicker and a bit more efficiently than traditionally picking up the phone and talking to the candidates. Because sometimes some people don't have the time, they're on the go, they're in a rush. And that's when, you know, they say if you watch a video, you read a bit of information, you get their buy-in quite quickly, and then usually if they're interested, they will literally just ping a button, and it can all be done in the space of like a couple of minutes. So that's what I think makes search more effective, efficient, and speed to hire a lot quicker. Natasha, this is genius. I love this idea. But so there's presumably then uh, when you are doing the intake with the client and um you know, taking the, the brief for that assignment, how, how, how do you create the video for that opportunity? Like, is that done physically or remotely? Or is it just the recruiter records it like on their phone? How, what's the mechanism there? So, so there's, two, that's, there's, there's two aspects to that. So the Oliver Sonson Executive app is for candidate attraction to bring in them for the assignment. So this yeah. is when the delivery person or the recruiter or say, suppose myself, if I'm trying to attract CEOs for a role, I send them out a link. They read, they re they watch a little video. It's confidential, and it might be me there t telling them, "Why don't you sign the NDA? I can tell you more about the role." That's that's one angle, and then they go into the they go into the app, and then they watch something from the hiring manager, and then they um, read a job description, and then they sign up to go. Right, we want to speak to Natasha about this assignment. 
because we we're interested. So we've we've captured the audience from an exec search point of view or an interim point of view very mm-hmm. quickly. That's number one. When it comes to the video interview, that is where we use our Snap CV and our Snapping View tool. So we have a video interview platform called Snapping View, where when we're running an executive search assignment or an interim assignment, we can actually bring the candidate to life with pre-recorded video interviews. So if the client wants to do that, the candidate does that on their mobile phone or on a PC or a laptop where they're asked maybe three to five or six questions, could be a 15 minute, 30 minute or an hour interview where they do a pre-recorded video interview. And then we deliver our executive notes to the customer with the CV. Plus we bring the candidate to life with the video interview. So that is part of our Snap CV process and our Snapping View tool, um, which is a separate part of the group, but is um, something that we use and we cross sell when we deliver our retainers and our interim assignments. I love it. I think that is really powerful. In fact, uh, our sponsors, iIntro, have part of their platform is video interviewing and clients being able to log in and see the candidate presentations with many more layers of selection, you know, video answers to questions, you know, uh, executive notes and that sort of thing. Um, When you're reaching out to candidates with the link to this app, is that via text message, via an email? How do they first, you know, get into the 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 app experience so either it's predominantly via text message um but it's either via text okay. um it can be via email um but predominantly it's literally via text via whatsapp you can literally receive the um and w- what it is is that we we select the person we can also send the link via linkedin so we can you know if we've got access to their linkedin we can just send them a link say hey we're recruiting a role do you want to, to log on and have a look? So that is around how we attract them. So that's the Oliver Sonson Exec app, which we use as part of our, you know, our search side of things. And then obviously Snapping yes. View is what you talked about there. Snapping View, we have the full layers where we deliver the, the CV, um, the, the notes all within the Snapping View tool. And we also deliver the okay. video. So that's the that's the, the second part of the search process. Once you've attracted them, they've given the go ahead and you're bringing the candidate to life for the client. I mean, I'm happy to go into Snap CV and Snapping View a bit more in detail if you'd like to know a, a little bit more about it um, and what we're doing to raise funding because that in the last two years has really taken off in another level. Okay, let's do that. Just before though, um, I w- I'm really interested in the initial because candidates are getting bombarded right now because the market's so hot and you know it's very candidate driven so recruiters are finding declining uh response rates to you know in mails emails and you know and linkedin messages and what you've done is create a really clever way of capturing that engagement and getting the candidate interested and then of, of course your your back end the differentiation of what you're providing clients and candidates through the whole selection process is fantastic but um, when you send them that link, either a text or, a, or an email or whatever, do they need to then download your app onto their phone or how does that Yes, yeah, so work? it takes two seconds. They literally just, it downloads in literally two seconds. So it's a very simple way to okay. go in and then and then have a look at it. So they get, yeah. it's basically, an, it's like a VIP exclusive invite to them to say, hey, we think yeah. you're great for this opportunity. Why not have a look? And nine times out of 10, because it's different, because it's unique and innovative, it's quite fresh, um, people will respond yes. and they will take the time to have a look because gone are the days of, 
I still believe traditional search is there, but I think gone are the days of, hey, I'm going to just respond. And as you said, it's a candidate short market. The talent pool out there is a lot harder. Candidates have multiple offers. So you have to be different to be able to attract that talent. Um, so this is just bringing it to life in, say, a couple of minutes. Um, and they think, oh, actually, you know, I'm on the train, I'm on the tube, I could do this or you know, I'm I'm just sitting somewhere. I've got a couple of minutes in that coffee shop. And it just allows them to very quickly understand that because quite often if they're being approached by an exec search headhunter or an interim search headhunter and they're going, actually, I don't want to spend 30 minutes talking to somebody, this allows them in sort of two or three minutes to have an, uh, an overview, sign an e-sign NDA, uh, not a manual one, then actually watch a video from either the recruiter or the hiring manager themselves. So, for example, if it was BA or, you know, uh, DHL or, you know, Amazon, watch something from them, read the JD and go, actually, that sounds really interesting. I don't mind talking to Natasha now. Let's go through um, and let me be part of that long list. So you've then gone from just uh, an approach to you've got a meeting with that person and they're going to give you half an hour of their time um, as an initial conversation. Because quite often, as you're aware, now these days, especially exec candidates, they're very busy. They don't have time. They're very selective on how many headhunters they speak to. Um, they're not going to speak to every single one for every single opportunity. So how do you capture that audience and that's what we've been doing so that's that's the first part of the process and then obviously um, we use the diversity shortlisting and the process to go forward and then it's the bringing them to life with snap cv and snapping view and our tool there which obviously is a completely different entity but also really exciting Absolutely. Wow. I love that. So there's so many, we don't even have time to explain why that's so clever, but uh, my friend Greg Savage rec describes recruiting as a seduction and you have to break it down into small baby steps to take someone on this journey from a point where they're not looking for a job, they don't want to talk to recruiters, and they're resistant to jumping on what they think is going to be a 30 or 60 minute call. And you've really overcome that resistance by just getting those small commitments, which are very convenient for them and arouse curiosity and sort of pull them through your recruiting funnel in a really clever way. And it reminds me of, um, have you read Influenced by Robert um, uh, Caldini? No, I haven't, but I will now that you've oh, suggested it's it. It's a really good book. Yeah, Definitely worth, because uh, he looks at the seven laws of human influence. He's a psychology professor in the States, and um, it's a really, really good book uh, about the science of persuasion. And one of the principles is that small commitments can build to larger commitments. And if you try and get a big commitment right up front, which is like, let's book a call for 60 minutes, people are going to say no. But if you, like, a small commitment is, would you like to... Um, take a look at this short video about an opportunity we think you'd be, you know, well suited to, there's, it's very easy for them. So it's like, okay, sure, I'll do that. And then would you like to learn more? Just sign this NDA. And again, it's that small commitment. And then there's more video and then they can book an appointment. So it's just a seamless um, chain that gets them really engaged. I think that is so genius, Natasha. Thank you. And I think I think you're absolutely right. It's about going out and slightly capturing them in a slightly different way um, and, you know, and engaging with them because then they feel, hey, this is slightly different. And let's face it, the best candidates are actually the passive ones that are not looking for a job. There is nothing more satisfying as um, 
a recruiter um, and as a you know as being in the industry to select somebody and capture them and they weren't looking for a job and all of a sudden you've changed their life when that process happens and they say thank you um, you know you go on a journey with them for say three or four months especially if you're doing exec search it's 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 really rewarding when you see that the end result yeah that that end result totally makes totally yeah yeah absolutely okay so um I don't know if we're going to be able to do this justice, but say a little about your journey in securing funding, because that's a whole nother, like as an entrepreneur, if you're scaling a business, um, securing the funding in order to be able to uh, accelerate that growth is something which a lot of entrepreneurs consider. So how... What's been your experience of that process? So obviously I mentioned to you about our mobile job app, Snap CV, and mm -hmm. that's where we secured a lot of the funding because mm -hmm. Oliver Sanson is self-funding and we've not needed to because obviously it's recruiters and you fill roles, it's different. Um, but on the Oliver Sanson side, one of our sister companies is Snap CV and Snap In View. And basically it's a mobile job app where from, it's all about direct sourcing. So you've got mini sites and microsites where the client um, will advertise their vacancies. So for example, BA will advertise with cabin crew and then what would happen is the candidates will apply for the vacancies and then um, the hiring managers at the other end, resourcing team, will pick out the 900, say they've got 1,000 applications, 900 that they would reject. So you reject with a t um, literally in, say, 30 seconds, you can watch all the videos, decide which ones you want to hold on to and then the rest you can reject so literally what happens is the candidate applies for the vacancy attaching a 60 second video answering five key questions about themselves and attaches their cv goes through to the hiring team um, so from candidate application to attraction and then what happens they then decide who they're going to take forward to a first stage interview which is via our video tool which is snap interview which is what i mentioned earlier and then the candidate does a pre-recorded video interview either 15 minutes 30 minutes or an hour um, so it's basically your first stage interview process all done in a snap. Now, what we've done since I spoke to you last, Mark, about this product is that we've actually got, we're, the, we're first in the world for voice technology job search, which is really, really exciting. And this is the piece that is going to change the way the recruitment market works. So you've all heard of Amazon Alexa, 100 million devices worldwide. Since, since of March 2021, um, over um, every, every smart TV that's built built in globally has got an Amazon Alexa built in. We own the job skill, find me a job. It's enabled um, and powered by the Snap CV group. We currently have 250,000 jobs listed on there um, in the UK and the US. So if you say to Amazon Alexa, find me a marketing job in New York, she would describe the top 40 jobs now, just quickly, just to think about people with vision impairment or millennials, she'll describe those jobs, she'll email it to your email account, link to Amazon, and then you can apply via Snap CV. Um, so that's really, really exciting. So we've gone into voice technology and voice job search. So, And we've currently got a database of over 25 million candidates between the UK and the US. Um, and we're also launching in India uh, this year. So where we're looking to scale up and get funding is we raised about 400,000 in angel investment for Snap CV via e EIS and SEIS. We were also uh, pitched back in, in November. Um, we actually entered into the um, Mayor of London, London EdTech, um, and there were about 300 companies, only 10 got through, and we actually pitched for funding. Off the back of that, I've had a number of brands from the US and a number of vice uh, VCs that have approached us for funding. So at the moment, we're in talks with UK and US VCs for funding for SNAP, and we're looking at funding anywhere between sort of one and a half mil to about five million to scale because the product is now market viable and is a really exciting product. And because of what we've got with voice technology, 
Um, it's just, it's gone to another level. So I'd say Oliver Sanderson is going to be another four or five years of growth and journey. Um, it's your bread and butter business. Um, but I'd say that the, the Snap CV with Snapping View, our video tool, because it's gone global, very exciting, it's market viable. I'd say to you, it it's got the potential of becoming a unicorn or something in that space. So um, funding has been exciting and we keep getting approached by the right, com you know, the right VCs. So now it's about which one do we go with? and how we're going to do that so we're in talks with quite a number of them but we presented live on the london you know the mayor of london tech invest program back in november and that has opened a number of doors for us as well amazing wow okay there's a lot to unpack there i don't i think we'll have to say to be continued on that because and it's a it's a it's a kind of ongoing uh, thing for you anyway. So I'd love to hear the next chapter and, you know, who you chose and how the funding is going and the growth. Um, so if people are listening and they have Alexa and they say, Alexa, find me a job, what, what will happen? So what do you say to Alexa is Alexa, enable the find me a job skill. And then she will enable it because she'll power it up. And then you just say to Alexa, I'm looking for a graduate job in London or I'm looking for a marketing job. And she'll start describing. Then she'll say, welcome to SnapCV, powered by the SnapCV group. And then you just go through the process and she, you basically ask her, find me a marketing job in London or find me a, um, you know, an an airline job so it depends whatever you're looking for you then and then she'll start talking you through the top 40 jobs you can either then scroll down if you have a an amazon alexa which is a screen or your tv and then you can or you can say to alexa describe job number one or alexa describe job number two or alexa email me them all to my email account that's linked to amazon so she'll then send you an email with the 40 links to the jobs and then you literally just go in you sign up to SnapCV, she sends you the link, you sign up to SnapCV, you can watch all those vacancies and you can apply for the vacancies. So it's a really quick and smooth way to apply for a role. It's the new way of job search, put it that way. So you guys, you guys own that find me a job skill on Alexa? Correct. I've heard um, Gary Vaynerchuk say that voice search is like the next kind of big thing uh, on the horizon that... Um, and you guys are in super early, so that's exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting, and uh, yes, we do own that skill. So anybody who wants to advertise has to come via SnapCV to advertise their roles. Um, so all of our clients that purchase SnapCV, their vacancies go live onto. So if they buy job packs, mini sites, my, you know, microsites, featured jobs, standard jobs, they all go onto Amazon Alexa. So any of our clients that have used Snap, um, it's thrown in as part of the package. So it's really exciting, but. I'd say to you, the next five years, we're going to watch this space. We Think about people with vision impairment. Think about people who the millennials that don't want to just do the traditional ways of search. Things are changing and um, we have to get with the times. And that's the thing that search, convergence with technology, AI, um, and we're within SnapCV, we're now launching AI and machine learning. Um, that's our next phase of growth, which is why we're going into funding as well. Um, so I'd say to you, look, the product's market viable. Um, people can use it today. Clients are using it. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. But for candidates, if you've got an Amazon Alexa, just power the skill, enable the skill, find me a job. And you're more than welcome to try it out and test it um, 
and and we're still constantly developing it, taking it forward. But but yeah, it's something that my co-founder Ash uh, came up with, and because uh, obviously he's the I'm the I'm the uh, the face that goes out and gets the funding, um, but he's actually the one that comes up with the concept and the idea. So we we do it together. So um, you know, and then we've got our NED Amazing. board, and we've got our NED board like Maria and Keith. So we work with a number of people um, to take the product forward. Fantastic. So. Uh, shout out to Ash, who's the uh, um, genius behind the scenes working uh, to set this up. And if people want to find out more about SnapCV, then what's the best um, place for them to go? So go to our website, um, snapcv.com, um, for sure. But also, if they wanted to find out about it, they could always just message me on LinkedIn as well, um, and we'd be more than delighted to. So what I will do after this is I will send you some information on Snap so that you can put some links up so people can read about it. But if they also wanted to approach Great. myself um, to find out about Snap, so if anyone's interested in the product or purchasing it or if they're interested in getting involved or if they're interested in actually, you know, if there's a... Um, an investment house out there that's listening at the moment. They could be in the recruitment space. Um, this is the next best thing. Um, so, you know, there's those business owners out there that they go into traditional recruitment. Yes, that makes you money, but actually uh, digital and technology is going to go through the roof and actually software could be the right. way forward. So, you know, if there's anyone out there that's interested in either investing or getting involved or just knowing more about the product, um, just feel free to contact myself uh, for sure. All right, Natasha. Well, listen, we're out of time for today, um, but that was really information packed. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for your time. And it's been great to talk to you today. And uh, yeah, look forward to um, connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Recruiter. If you've enjoyed the show, the best way you can show your support is to click that subscribe button. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.